a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling Everything's going my way Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of The Bing Crosby Show. Tonight we have Fred Astaire as our guest. And I thought um, I would just talk to you a little bit about, well... Lots of things. First of all, let's go with Fred Astaire. He's been the guest, I believe, a few times this year, at least once this year. Uh, I love it when uh, Fred Astaire comes. His singing voice is far more, he should get far more credit for it than he does, but it's just his dancing is so amazing that I think people overlook his quality of singing, and I really think he does a great job. I love his... His banter, I mean, I guess as far as guests go for Bing Crosby, I love to see Bing with Bob Hope. I love to see Bing with Jack Benny. I love to see Bing and uh, Fred Astaire, of course. And Fred with uh, Judy Garland. Those are probably my favorite guests that he has. And just phenomenal, phenomenal talents. And... and when you intermix any of those talents together, you get amazing things. I wish Judy Garland had appeared more with Jack Benny over the years. Maybe been, you know, a, a guest on his program every year or two would have been nice. Because there's not too much Jack Benny and, and Judy Garland together out there. And a lot of what's out there is the same thing done over and over again. Um, but But it's really neat when it when it does happen. And of course, Bob Hope got on to everybody's show. So Bob was, was intermixed with everyone. I'm trying to think of Jack Benny and Fred Astaire being together. I can't think of, I mean, I know they were certainly on his television show, but I'm just trying to remember if they were in radio, but not that I can remember. Um, and of course, Bing, the famous bit, uh, the famous piece where Bing Crosby was on uh, Jack Benny's show, and uh, what was it? Um, got into some serious, got got Jack into some supposedly serious trouble with uh, saying, what did he say? The song he didn't like the key the song was in, and uh, he says, "Who the hell picked this key, Dennis Day?" And of course. Uh, the network and the um, censors got kind of upset <laughs> and they told Jack he needed to apologize to his audience the next week and Jack refused and said, I'm just doing a regular show, so never apologized for it and I'm glad he didn't. I don't think he needed to apologize for that. It was something that someone else said on his show off the cuff and it 
wasn't any statement you wouldn't have heard just on the street somewhere. So, anyway. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about these bo- the, these Bing Crosby shows. Uh, I was... I get them... Um, through and I, you know, I, I don't. I never know who wants me. <laughs> it's so hard on these podcasts. I never know who wants to be mentioned. Who thinks if I don't give them credit, they'll be upset. Who thinks if I give them credit, they want to stay off the grid. I never know what to do with these things. So, anyway, I've been getting these Bing Crosby shows, and of course, this wonderful quality from a from a source. And I asked him, why? <laughs> How do you get them? Where did you get these? I mean, I don't understand how you have these beautiful copies of these shows. Well, he explained there was a company, um, I assume out of Canada, I think it was out of Canada, but it sold, um, Bing Crosby took his transcription disc collection, I assume transcription discs or tapes or whatever he had, to uh, this company, um, because they would, I think they might be called Redmond. I'm not sure what the company's name is off the top of my head. Redmond Nostalgia, maybe? Anyway, so they were famous, I guess, for for amassing great collections. And so Bing Crosby takes his collection to them and says, whatever, here you go, and please get these out there, or whatever. I always think every star is going to want to get all their shows out so that everyone... So as many people can hear them as possible. It's a way of securing their legend, you know. And the way that so many people hoard these things and don't share them makes no sense to me. Anyway, so Bing's collection is available. They put them all on CD. You know, I'm sure they put them on tapes first. And over time, eventually, they got them all on CD. So, and they're selling them. And the Bing Crosby estate... So no, you can't do that anymore. Not in the United States. So they block them from from selling in the United States anymore. So now they're just selling in Canada. Well, luckily this person I know lives in Canada. So he gets um, he decides he just retires and he says, "I want to make sure that these recordings like exist and are out there." So he starts buying them all up and sharing them with folks which is wonderful. Well, then the Redmond Company, right after he's done, he, he finishes his collection off, he buys everything up, the Redmond Company goes underwater and disappears, and, uh, you know, and that happened, I think, December of this year, that they, well, not this year, this is 2011, so 2010, December 2010. So anyway, uh, then he starts putting them out there, but of course, it takes a while to remaster, to get these all all down to MP3 and everything, and so we get bits and chunks of these things, and, and it's starting, I mean, he's almost done, I think, now, we've got a little bit more to go, but I just feel so blessed that he's willing to, to share these, and that I have an avenue through my podcast to get them out there to you folks, so you can hear them, because some of these shows haven't been heard since, or at least they haven't been heard by very many people since they were originally broadcast. And it's just so nice to be able to do that. I mean, if you think about it, we've got our Bing Crosby shows 
that are pretty rare. Certainly some of them are. We've got the Phil Harris that is in the same boat. We've got the Fred Allens that have only recently been made um, available, at least the season we're in currently, on Friday nights. Um, what else? <laughs> it's like a lot. Half my shows are hard to find and, and, and things that we're, that we're presenting you folks. And um, I'm just so glad that we can do that and hopefully we'll continue to be able to do that. So I'm glad you've been enjoying them. And here is another Bing Crosby show. Only one, only one cigarette, Chesterfield, gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. What every smoker wants. By Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfield's a milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. So home, open a pack, give him a sniff, then you'll smoke him. Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Bears, and Bing's guests, Mr. Fred Astaire and Miss Teresa Brewer. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this being Be Kind to Animals Week, we bring you Bing Crosby. That's sweet. I love it. Thank you, Ken. Do you think that's being kind to people? Well, huh? I'm just worrying about animals this week. Well, I want to ask you something. Yeah. What, what is the what is the tie-in here? How do you justify this? Why me for the Be Kind to Animals Week, huh? Oh, Bing, it's this way. You mm -hmm. see, I have an old dog at home, yes. and he just loves your voice. Now, he does. He, does, he yeah. really does. Does he listen to the program? Oh, the minute you come on, he's right there in front of the radio. No kidding. Yes. Of course, I have to fill a loudspeaker with hamburger, but he's <laughs> right there in front of the radio. Well, I don't care how we get him, just so we have listeners, boy. You know, Big Mike. Get old <laughs> Rover right up there, and I'll, there. I'll, I'll, I'll get a little pard. Put a little pard right in there. there. Yes, sir. That'll fix him. You know, Bing, my dog even smokes Chesterfields. I remember that dog uh -huh. now, yes. He's the one that used to eat Kraft cheese. That's the one. Yeah, you, <laughs> used to sleep in the Philco. Yeah. yeah. Great company dog. Yes. Loyal. <laughs> True. <laughs> well. Anyway, Bing, it's mm. wonderful that folks think to give dogs and cats and all animals a break like You're this. You're darn right it is. I mean that seriously. It certainly is. Now, Ken, to get on to the opening selection, we have a little thing here called Them Their Eyes. I sang this in the Coconut Grove in 1896, <laughs> I think. John Scott, let's go, huh? I fell in love with you first time I looked into them their eyes You got a certain little cute way of flirting with them their eyes They make me feel so happy They make me blue No stalling I'm falling Going in a big way for sweet little you My heart is jumping You sure started something with them their eyes You'd better watch them if you're wise. They 
they sparkle and they bubble. They're gonna get you in a whole lot of trouble. You're overworking them. There's danger lurking in them. There are. I fell in love with you first time I looked into them. There are. You've got a certain little cute way of flirting with them. There are. They make me feel so happy. They make me blue. No stalling, no falling, blowing in a great big way for you. My heart is jumping. You sure started something with them. Them there are. You better watch 'em if you're wise. They sparkle, they bubble. They're gonna get you in a whole pack of trouble. You're overworking 'em. There's danger lurking in them. There, 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 them there are. Just being kind, Bing. I just happen to like the way you sing, just as I also happen to like the way you sell milder Chesterfields. And without further ado, I will sell them. Good. Friends, only one. Only one cigarette, Chesterfield, gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. And that's what every smoker wants. 1,539 tobacco growers say Chesterfields are milder. And they show you how to prove it. They say Chesterfield's right combination of the world's best tobaccos Smells milder and smokes milder. Now, let me tell you what modern science and research says. There's only one cigarette which leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That cigarette is Chesterfield. Now, every smoker wants a milder cigarette, and every smoker after smoking wants no unpleasant aftertaste. Only Chesterfield gives you both, and that's more for your money than any other cigarette can give you. But you can prove that yourself for the price of one pack. Yes, that's all it comes down to. Just the price of a pack of Chesterfields Prove Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you. I'm a great fan of Augustine Lara, the Mexican composer. Here's a song he wrote as a waltz. We do it as a rumba. The stars were low over Mexico, and my heart beat so when I saw you, Maria Bonita. Maria Bonita. When she passed me by, I could feel that I was in love with Maria Bonita. Maria, Maria, Maria. It was that night in the pale moonlight when I held her tight and I asked her to be mine forever. Since then, I've never been lonely. Her reply was that she was my one and only. Bonita. And all that night in the pale moonlight when I held her tight and I asked her to be mine forever. Since then I've never been lonely, for her reply was that she was my one and only. Maria Bonita, Bonita. The stars were low over Mexico, and my heart beat so when I saw you, Maria Bonita. Maria Bonita. Who was I 
you passed me by I could feel that I was in love with Maria Bonita Maria, Maria, Maria It was that night in the pale moonlight When I held her tight Then I asked her to be mine forever Be mine, be mine, Since then I've never been lonely was that she was my one and only Maria Bonita Maria Maria Bonita Gracias, gracias, mil gracias, senores and senores. Now to present our first guest, we're going to usher in here a petite, pert young lady with big brown eyes. People say I'm colorblind. They're so silly. <laughs> this girl sings quite a song, brown eyes or no, because I caught her at Ciro's out in the Sunset Strip a couple of weeks ago, and she fractured the people out here, and I thought you folks would like to hear her. She happens to be the young lady whose recording of Music, Music, Music was such a smash hit last season. I have reference to Miss Teresa Brewer. I want to welcome you to the Chesterfield program, Teresa. This is going to be a little high for you, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> You're just a little E-flat girl, aren't you? Well, now you just relax and make yourself right at home. I want to get the microphone. Everything's just right for you. Well, I haven't done much radio work, Bing, and no? I'm a little nervous. Oh, Teresa. <laughs> Don't let radio frighten you. Radio's had it. It's groggy. It's just laying there. It can't hurt anybody. <laughs> really? No. Now, if this were television, that would be something to be frightened about. Oh, television is wonderful. I tell you, these kids nowadays are fearless, aren't they? they... You got a song for us? What is it going to be? Yes. Uh, how could you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life? I guess those <laughs> big brown eyes just fooled me, huh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the liar song is from the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture Royal Wedding, starring Fred Astaire, Jane Powell, and Peter Lawford. Well, that's that. We got MGM's credit in before Fred Astaire even got here. <laughs> They're going to be on the program? Yes, Teresa, that's right. Gee, you sure meet important people around here. Isn't that true? This is the veritable crosswords of the world, Teresa. This is the veritable crossroads of the world, <laughs> Hollywood and Vine, you know. Now, if you excuse me, I'll place you in the capable hands of Mr. Trotter and his excellent musical ensemble. No. 
wonderful and Gary has to be in San Jose. <laughs> Got Lenny here. A lot of Lenny's league. Well, that was wonderful, Teresa Brewer. You got more kick than Brewer's yeast, didn't you? <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present my pal, my very dear friend, Mr. Fred Astaire. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you. Uh, Bing, I, um, I don't like to start right off with a complaint, and complaint? You've got a little you know, I appreciate the warmth and friendliness of your introduction, but yeah. I do think in introducing me, you should have told the people what I do. After all, this isn't television. Fred, everybody knows what you do. You dance with Yolanda. Say, <laughs> Fred? No? I've, um, I've switched partners, Bing. I'm now dancing with Mrs. Arthur Murray. Oh, what a couple you must be. <laughs> That's what I like about you folks in the dancing business, Fred. There's no jealousy. You're all well-behaved, and you all get along so well together. Well, we don't like to step on each other's toes. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> but being enough of my problems, what about you? Yeah, what about me? <laughs> well, when I was your guest in January, all of the United States, Canada, Alaska, the Hawaiian Islands, and South America were paying tribute to you. Yeah. It was your 20th anniversary in show business, and you'd been acclaimed Mr. Music. Yeah, that's right. Well, what are you now? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Sick transit Gloria, Fred. <laughs> Fame is fleeting. No, anyway, anyway, being in January, you were the public's hero. There were parades, bands were playing, ticker tape was thrown from windows. Ah, yes. And people cheered. Your name was on everybody's lips. Uh, the whole country was in an uproar. Now, Fred, what are you getting at? Simply this, Crosby. That Mr. Music stuff took the edge off General MacArthur's reception. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fred, you jest. What else? <laughs> Now, look here, I want to tell you something. Before we go any further, and just to show you I can turn the other cheek, I want to tell you how much I enjoyed your new picture, Royal Pudding. I mean, Royal Wedding. (laughs) (laughs) 
Royal... We've <clears throat> <laughs> got a great audience in the band, Fred. Uh, <laughs> a nice audience here, too. Uh, Royal Pudding is my next one. <laughs> <clears throat> but regarding your current one, Fred, I want you to know that I'm a very good customer of yours. I went to the theater three times. I paid three admissions when Royal Wedding was playing at Beverly Hills. Oh, three times? You must have enjoyed it. Well, I finally did. The third time I stayed awake. <laughs> oh, gee, Bing. I, I never fall asleep during your pictures. Of course, I have to crunch my popcorn pretty loud. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's where I made my mistake, Fred. You know, when I slept through your picture, you know what happened? Instead of buying popcorn in the lobby, I went for a cup of Ovaltine. <laughs> Woke up with a sweeper. <laughs> Anyhow, Bing, I'm, I'm glad you finally saw my picture. I certainly did. Speaking wonderful. of pictures, have you seen the Lemon Drop Kid? Oh, Bob Hope's picture. Oh, yes, I got a nice soft load seat for that one. Uh, yes, you, you have, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just this gimp, Fred. It isn't very form-fitting. It's a bad <laughs> angle you're getting me. I'm really not so adipose any longer. <laughs> but regarding the lemon drop kid, I'm glad to report that I napped through that one without the aid of Ovaltine. I needed nothing. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I didn't. And I, and I don't like to be catty, Bing, but I'd like to say something about the lemon drop kid. Well, speak freely. Speak out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hope plays the part of a racetrack tout, Bing, and mm -hmm. he gives people phony tips on horses and he chisels money from a pretty blonde. That's the story of his life. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, if it's true, I guess it's all right. Certainly. <clears throat> Say, uh, speaking of racehorses, Fred, uh, how are your horses doing? My horses always do all right. Inferring that mine don't, I presume? Well, that's the story of your life. <laughs> <laughs> sure like to know how to get a hold of a good racehorse. Well, in order to do that, you, you must first know what has four legs and runs. Fred, I know what has four legs and runs. What? Two girls wearing nylon hose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> but, Fred, we shouldn't, Becker. No kidding. I invited you down here for a definite reason. You know what, the, you know what I want to do? <laughs> this has long been a, a heartfelt desire of mine. I'd like to do a, a vaudeville act with you. I want you to be my partner. Well, what, what do you need with me? You've got Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's all right, but I want this to be a flashy dance act. Well, then what, why do I need you? <laughs> We're going to do some songs and some jokes, too. Where are we going to get jokes? Well, we got that one we just pulled, that smasher about the four legs and the nylon hose. Oh, hole. that one, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a five-minute laugh in some <laughs> sections, you know? Just so you say it. I'm not going <laughs> I wish I hadn't. Now, <laughs> now, tell you what. We'll throw our act together. We'll get something whipped up, and we'll break it in at the Palladium in London. Well, let's play safe and try the act out in Oxnard. <laughs> folks are here. The bus is in, huh? <laughs> no, Fred, we don't want to stop for any small time. The big thing now for everybody is to play Europe. We've got to book the Palladium. Well, if we're going to do a vaudeville act, we've got to get some billing. Yeah, we'll bill this act. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be simple. Something like uh, Bing Crosby and Associate. <laughs> that would be all right, only my name doesn't happen to be Associate. <laughs> I've got to hear. How about uh, Bing and Fred, what more can be said? You keep putting your name first. Alphabetical, you know. Mm. Of course, if you've got a better idea, I'd, I'd be receptive. I'd listen. Mm, well, how's this for billing? Fred and Bing, better than the thing. 
A little modest, don't you think? A little too reticent. How about Crosby and Astaire? Such talent is rare. Rare? Sure, rare. Well, let's face it, Bing. We've been kicking around long enough to be well done. <laughs> well, let's make it medium rare, then. <laughs> okay. But, but I can't understand why you want to get a vaudeville act together and play Great Britain. Fred, don't you see? This is our golden opportunity. If we're a hit over there, we'll make a triumphal return to New York City. What happens well, then? Well, in New York, you know what happens? We reach the very epitome, the very top in show business. We do? Yes, we do a guest shot on Bob Hope's television show. <laughs> oh, we got a few jokes, Fred. You can dance. Now what we need is a good comedy song. Mm -hmm. Say, there's a new one out now, Fred. Uh, Freddie Martin's got a wonderful record on it uh, called Never Been Kissed. You know that number, Fred? Have you heard it? Oh, I guess I know it as well as you do. Then we're in pretty bad shape. <laughs> John Scott, would you mind giving a couple of vaudeville boys a little rehearsal here? Oh, I know a gal who's a treat to the eye. The boys always whistle when she passes by. She's out every night. Not a night has she missed. And her mother says that she's never been kissed. What? Never been kissed. Never been kissed. It's hard to believe, but she's never been kissed. One night she went out for a row on the lake. The guy she was with dropped the oars by mistake. They drifted for hours before they were missed. But still she insists that she's never been kissed. What? Never been kissed. Never been kissed. It's hard to believe that she's never been kissed. A wealthy young man took a liking to her. He gave her some presents of jewelry and fur, including a diamond as big as your fist. Yet she'll take a note that she's never been kissed. What? Never been kissed. Never been kissed. It's hard to believe that she's never been kissed. Now there's a new book they're all talking about called Lessons in Love. You have read it, no doubt. I hear that it just made the bestseller list. Huh? Well, it's written by her and she's never been kissed. Wow! <laughs> never been kissed. Never been kissed It's hard to believe that she's never been kissed She married the best catch in town, by the way And said to the girls as she threw her bouquet Just keep the boys guessing Always insist that you are a girl who has never been kissed The end of this story is sad and here's why I saw her today with a tear in her eye I asked her the reason why she was so blue And the answer she gave me will pass on to you Never been kissed, never been kissed she married a man who has never been killed. Fred, thank you. Thank you. You were very effective. Very effective. 
Say, Bing, that new book we've been telling the folks about, Tobacco Land USA, is the greatest thing I've seen. Oh, it's a great book, all right, Ken. That's why every smoker ought to read it. Looking over my copy again last night, I noticed that right about now, throughout the South, they're setting out tobacco seedlings for this year's crop. Friends, you know, you too can be an expert on tobacco. Just by sending for your copy, you drop a penny postcard to Chesterfield, Box 21, New York 8, New York. That's Chesterfield, Box 21, New York 8, New York. And when you read Tobacco Land USA, the 14th edition, you'll understand why Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you to smoke. Remember those world-famous Chesterfield ABCs whenever you buy cigarettes. They mean more today than ever before. A, always milder, B, better tasting, and C, cooler smoking. And only Chesterfield gives you this big plus, the biggest plus in smoking. They leave no unpleasant aftertaste. So remember to ABC, folks, always buy Chesterfield. The only cigarette that gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. Buy Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfield's a milder, milder plus no aftertaste. So home, open a pack and give them a sniff. Then you'll smoke them. Well, here's a song, folks, that I recorded some years ago with the Dorsey Boys. I see it's being revived. If I told a lie, if I made you cry, when I said goodbye I'm sorry From the bottom of my heart dear. I apologize If I've caused you pain I know that I'm to blame must have been insane Believe me From the bottom of my heart dear, I apologize I realize I've been unfair to you Please let me make amends Don't say that you forgot the love we knew After all, we were more than friends If I've made you blue I've had heartaches too now I beg of you, forgive me From the bottom of my heart, dear I
you blue I've had heartaches too Now I beg of you Forgive me From the bottom of my heart, dear I apologize I Now my thanks to Teresa Brewer and to Fred Astaire for joining us this evening. Thank you, Bing. I loved it. Well, who's with you next week? Next week, Fred, uh... Well, now, you're not going to believe this, but this is the gospel, Fred. I have absolutely no idea who's going to be with us next week. <laughs> Nobody tells me anything. Confusion reigns. Oh, that ought to be a wonderful show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't tell it might be one of our best, Fred, and thank you for coming down tonight. Folks, this Sunday is Mother's Day. Mother's everybody's best girl, so naturally she deserves the best. That's Chesterfield's in the wonderful new gift carton. Yes, it's all prettied up for Mom and ready for you to write your own greeting. Between now and Sunday, you'll find it at your favorite Chesterfield dealer. Remember, for Mother's Day and any day, it's Chesterfield. The Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. And I've just got a flash that Bing's guests next week will be the mighty Burl Ives and the very talented Cass County Boys. Association of American Railroads presents the nostalgic Broadway musical High Button Shoes, starring Gordon McRae and his guest star, Margaret Whiting. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marlon Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, sir, tonight, a lovely memory of the days of hobbled skirts and mandolins and high-button shoes. Margaret Whiting is Mama Longstreet, and I'm the fortunate Papa Longstreet in one of the most charming musicals. And here's High Button Shoes. Papa? Yes, dear? Listen to what they're playing on the radio. 
That wonderful old polka we used to dance to way back in 1913. You know, I guess they're bringing back all the old songs, Mama. Papa, dance with me. Oh, now, Sarah, you know I've got two left feet. Oh, you're a good dancer, Papa. You know that. Now, please, just once around the living room for old time's sake. I'd, I'd fall apart. Oh, please, Papa. Papa, won't you dance with me? Oh, dance with me. Please dance with me. Papa, take a chance with me and dance with me tonight. And when you whirl me round and round, we'll go right off the ground. We'll go around and round. We'll go. And when we hear the trombone sliding high, we'll both be gliding high up to the sky. I love the polka pie. Why won't you dance with me? Oh, dance with me. Please dance with me. When you hold me, hold me tight. Oh, Papa, won't you dance with me? Tonight. Well, maybe a few hobbles, Mama. Ah, uh, that's my old fella. <laughs> Light as a feather, Mama. But you know, I remember this more as a waltz. Way back there in 1913. Yes, it was a sort of a waltz. And I remember you had a white dress that rustled as we danced, Sarah. And you were the most beautiful girl in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And I remember how you took me out in the veranda of the dance pavilion. You sang to me, Henry, the loveliest song. It made me cry.
that's so romantic. You're the last word in 1913 Romeos. You know something, Sarah? If if I weren't in training, I'd I'd kiss you. I know, Henry, but wouldn't you break training for me? Well, Rutgers expects every man to do his duty. Yes, but only on the football field. Oh, excuse me, Miss Sarah. Hope I'm not breaking anything up. Oh, good evening, Mr. Floyd. You know Henry Longstreet, Mr. Harrison Floyd? Oh, to be sure, to be sure. Hi. Uh, just thought I'd check with you about our date tomorrow, Miss Sarah, our little uh, jaunt to the country. <laughs> date? Yes, it's going to be a combination picnic and real estate sale. And what real estate are you selling? That acreage of Miss Sarah's folks on way out at the end of town. A little salesmanship, and we'll get rid of that swamp. I mean, that lovely tract in no time. Oh, how sweet of you to help my father, Mr. Floyd. Anything for a beautiful, beautiful lady. Ta-ta. See you tomorrow. You didn't tell me you were going on a picnic with that con man. Well, he's a very nice gentleman, and besides, you're in training. But, Sarah, we get Sundays off. Why, I could even kiss you tomorrow. Right smack on the picnic. Well, then come on along, Henry. It'll be good for you. Get away, get away, get away for a day in the country. Find a spot near a shady lagoon. Nature's waiting around to commune. By the way, by the way, by the way, if you're bothered by cares and pursuits, spend some hours amongst the for you. Get away for a day in the country, and you may stay a week or two. Get away, get away, get away for a day in the country. Find a spot near a shady lagoon. Nature's waiting around to commune. By the way, by the way, if your father's like that, that's the Nature's waiting around to commune. By the way, by the way, by the way, if you're bothered by cares and pursuits, spend some hours amongst the flowers. You'll find they do wonders for you. Get away for a day in the country. You may stay a week or two, or three, or four, or maybe more. Maybe more. Get away for a day in the country, and you may. picnic I've ever been to in my life. So step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Get yourself a parcel of land, which is the last word in 1913 subdivision. It's going up, up, up. And remember, there aren't many drops, I mean, <laughs> spots left. Oh, isn't this thrilling, Henry? Just everybody in New Brunswick is buying the property. I don't know, honey. I, I don't trust that boy guy. But I'm collecting all the money right here in this little black bag. Mr. Floyd appointed me treasurer of the new development. Well, I just don't like all these developments developing so fast. 
Oh, excuse me, little lady. If you'll just hand me that little black bag, we'll <laughs> count up our receipts. Well, certainly, Mr. Floyd. Uh, I'll be right back. Ta-ta. You shouldn't have done that, Sarah. Why, Henry Longstreet, Mr. Floyd is honest as the day is long. Well, I have a feeling that this is one of the shortest days in the year. <laughs> Hold everything. This whole deal is a big swindle. Swindle? I just walked down to where I was going to build my house. And I fell in. <laughs> You're the treasurer, young lady. Now, where's our money? Mr. Floyd's counting it. Well, counting it nothing. I just saw him heading out of town. Which way? In the direction of Atlantic City. Well, let's go. We got to catch that big crook. <laughs> You remember that day, Mama? Oh, I don't think I'll ever forget it, Papa. You know, even if he was a crook, I was kind of like Harrison. Harrison? Since when do you call him by his first name? Papa, that was 38 years ago. Well, I don't like you calling him by his first name. Why, Papa, you're jealous. Yes, Mama. I guess I am. Time has treated our love kindly. For I still adore you blindly There can never be another love for me I still get jealous when they look at you that are small instead of the guys that are tall. It's worse than I can bear inside when they start to stare. My pride. Guess they think you're too good to A be A man true. that marries the homelier kind settles for peace of mind. I'm jealous when we kiss goodnight. Your kisses are sweet. I like them a lot. They're worth all the troubles I've got. Unless you hold me 
extra tight. I'm as jealous as can be. I wish you would flirt with me. And dear, I know a secret you return for the second act of High Button Shoes in just a moment. When you watch a freight train go by, made up of cars from many different railroads, all put together in one train, you are seeing America's primary transportation at work. Those cars may have come from anywhere in the country. They may be going anywhere on the continent. But wherever they started from and wherever they are going, any one of them can be moved over the tracks and in the trains of any railroad. That's one familiar feature of the amazingly flexible network of America's basic transportation system. And here's another. It is a system which is accustomed to meeting emergencies and doing so with its own resources. It is organized to make prompt repairs when there is any break in service. And while repairs are being made, to use alternative rail routes around the location of breaks caused by floods, washouts, landslides, or other troubles. And this readiness extends to damage from enemy bombs, if such a thing should ever come to pass in this country, as well as to damage from the forces of nature. This ability of railroads to keep running despite great damage was clearly demonstrated during the war in both Great Britain and Germany. And here's still another thing to remember about railroads and emergency. The fact that railroad trains are moved under organized control, not as part of a movement on highways, which might be choked with a rush of vehicles individually operated and largely uncontrollable. These railroads are America's prime dependence for the overwhelming bulk of all its intercity transportation. They carry almost twice as many ton miles of intercity freight traffic as all other transportation agencies combined, and nearly six times as much as is carried by all motor trucks in intercity service. Each one of us has a stake in the health and strength and the continued readiness of these essential railroads to meet national needs. For valuable and useful as other kinds of transportation are, the continued operation of them all depends upon the continued service of America's number one transportation, the American Railroads. Here is Act Two of High Button Shoes, starring Gordon McRae as Henry Longstreet and Margaret Whiting as Sarah. That's funny, isn't it, Sarah? How a tune and one turn around the living room with you in my arms brings back all the old days. Well, how did we used to dance this, Papa? Well, a little farther apart. And you had to be energetic to do it in this temple. Remember? We always floated it up to a waltz. Mm, that's nicer. I love you, Papa. I love you, Mama. To me, Papa, you were always Rudolph Valentino and Milton Sills 
and Raymond Navarro all rolled into one. Oh, Mama. And in my dreams, you used to climb into my window with a knife in your teeth. And we'd dance a wild tango together. Mama, slow up. Hey, Peter Bell. I haven't thought this out of breath since that day we... We chased Mr. Harris and Floyd all over Atlantic City. You remember, Mama? Nobody will ever forget that Sunday when Mr. Floyd ran off with a little black bag full of our money. That chase was like a two-reel silent movie. On a Sunday by the sea, oh, you should have seen my sweet and me. The swimming was flashing in the mid and the food tastes so much better because it's covered with sand with the someone. Officer, here's your man. Don't let me go. Harrison Floyd, the international con. All right, come along uh, quietly now. Why, arrest me and I'll never buy another ticket to policeman's ball. <laughs> now, just a minute, officer. Floyd, where's all the money? Where's that little black bag? I haven't the remotest idea what you're talking about. Now, all right, officer, you come drag on. me to prison. But remember, this will cost you your pension. Henry, <laughs> what are we going to do? My father and I will have to make good every cent of this swindle. Oh, now, don't worry, honey. Everything will work out. Oh, how could I be so deceived about that... that con man? Well, everybody makes mistakes, honey. He offered you the glamour and excitement of a big city life. And all I can offer is small-town excitement and a lot of plain old-fashioned love. That is, if you can see yourself in love with me. Just see yourself in a given gown Little pink ribbons tied in the hair Sitting there by my side when we ride to town Folks will turn See yourself on the porch with me Watching a show the stars give for free House in the sticks Where people are glad To be known as hicks 
Can't you just see yourself in love with me? I can just see myself in a kingdom God. Little pink ribbons tied in my hair. getting out of Rutgers? By a strange coincidence, this is the day that Harrison Foy graduates from the New Jersey State Penitentiary. You're both getting out at the same time. Greetings, everybody. Floyd. Well, you certainly got a lot of nerve coming here. My commencement was earlier than yours. Oh, kids, I, I brought you a present. Why, Mr. Floyd, the little black bag. Where was it? Buried in the property. I had to wait for low tide to dig it up. Oh. Hope you don't mind a few wet hundred-dollar bills. Don't tell me you're going straight. I tell you, my boy, an honest heart beats beneath this celluloid shirt front. And to prove it to you, I'm going to give you two a chance to double the money in this little black bag. Oh, really, Mr. Floyd? I happen to be in on the ground floor of one of the longest-established O-line gold-brick manufacturing companies in the Western Hemisphere. Charlatan and Sons. Gold bricks. Gee, that sounds like a wonderful investment. Now, 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 wait a minute, Sarah. Hold it, Floyd. We don't want anything to do with your crooked schemes. Sarah and I have an appointment with the Justice of the Peace. So you get moving, Floyd. All right. I know when I'm not wanted. Well, that leaves me with nothing to do but hook up my high-button shoes and hit the road. Remember that, Mama? Oh, uh, how could I ever forget, Papa? Well, I forgot how wonderfully you danced, Mama. 1913. Those were the good old days. These are the good new days, Mama. You mind my saying I think you're still the prettiest girl in New Brunswick? Papa. 
I might even be persuaded to say that you're the prettiest girl in New Jersey. And the best part of it is that you're my girl. I've chosen you. Ladies and gentlemen, Margaret Whiting will return in just a moment. And our thanks to Jim Backus, who is Harrison Floyd, and to all the members of our company. High Button Shoes with music and lyrics by Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein, and book by Stephen Longstreet, was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the American Railroads. And now, a word from Marvin Miller. Thank you, Gordon. To date, thousands of our listeners have requested their free copy of the attractive new 32-page Railroad Hour booklet. What's more, many have written to tell how highly they value this souvenir, with its fascinating pictures and life stories of our stars and cast. If you haven't yet done so, write tonight for your free copy. The address is the Railroad Hour, Transportation Building, Washington 6, D.C., that's the Railroad Hour Transportation Building, Washington 6, D.C. And now here are Gordon McRae and Margaret Whiting. Gordon, wasn't it fun going back to the good old days? Well, I don't know if they were so good, Maggie. Do you realize that in 1913 there was no radio, no talking pictures? Why, they didn't even have television. What do you suppose people did with their time back then? Well, there was nothing to do but sit in the back porch swing with your girl and... <laughs> back porch swing with your girl. No, I... <laughs> well, maybe those good old days weren't so bad after all, Maggie. Well, who are you singing love songs to next week, Gordon? Mimi Benzel will be our guest for Sigmund Romberg's Nina Rosa. Well, I'll cat whisker you on my crystal set. <laughs> good night, Maggie. You were wonderful. Good night. All aboard... Well, sir, it looks as though we're ready to pull out. And so until next week, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. Gray can currently be seen starring in Warner Brothers' West Point story. Margaret Whiting can be heard on The Tide Show. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Until next week, this is Marvin Miller saying goodbye for the American Railroads. And now, stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC. NBC.